Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back. Darren Mitchell here and you're listening to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast coming to you from the Macedon Rangers on this Thursday, the 13th of April, 2023. A short week, but uh, a week nonetheless that hopefully is filled with productivity. Hopefully you and your sales team are making progress towards some of those big deals and hopefully those deals are going to come to fruition very, very shortly to give you the satisfaction, fulfillment of you becoming an Exceptional Sales Leader and hopefully your team driving those sustainable results and getting all the accolades that come with that. So trust that everything is on track. And if it's not, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And even if it is, love to have a conversation with you and see if we can take your performance to an entirely new level. So just go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll have a chat. Love to uh, potentially see how I might be able to help you and your sales team become exceptional in what they do. So in today's episode, just wanted to talk about a, a topic that's come up in a number of workshops actually recently around where sales leaders should spend their time and what sort of areas should they be focusing on. And this particular episode is going to be all around strengths. Now, whether it's a sales team you look after, whether it's an, uh, an, an operational team, some sort of finance team, irrespective of what sort of team you have, teams are made up of different people, obviously, uh, different characters, different characteristics, different attributes, different experiences. And a lot of the times we don't necessarily focus on this enough, different Strengths. Now, we hear a lot about organizations running uh, internal reviews and doing SWOT analysis and thinking about what are our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And often, the strength and, uh, strengths and weaknesses, I guess, analysis is typically done from an internal perspective, and the opportunities, threats is normally looked through a lens of an external perspective. Uh, but what's really fascinating about all this is often organizations and sales leaders in particular are often encouraged, in some cases, uh, told to do these SWOT analysis and help identify weaknesses in people, in their sales team, and go about putting a plan together to turn those weaknesses into strengths. Now, I've got a slightly different, and and some would say a completely different view on this, and that is over the years, I've come to realize that doing a SWOT analysis is fantastic because it's a great opportunity to then find out perhaps what you're really, really good at and perhaps where there are some gaps. And the more I work with sales teams and the more I mentor and coach, the less and less I'm using the term weakness because I don't believe people have weaknesses. I believe that people have areas that are less familiar or things that they're not actually focusing their attention on. They might even have some blind spots, but I don't necessarily buy into the, I guess, the the belief that there, there is a weakness that has to be turned into a strength. My belief, and this is my belief, and therefore it's my philosophy, and this is what I focus on, is I believe that we need to be getting better and better and better at identifying the strengths that we have in our people. By all means, we look at where the gaps are, but we don't necessarily try to coach and mentor and sometimes chastise our people to improve a weakness to hopefully one day turn that into a strength. I would much rather spend my time, and when you think about it, there's not a lot of time available each and every day to get things done. So I'd much rather be spending that time focusing on and enhancing and even developing further a strength and letting people get uh, get, get engrossed with that strength and really get involved in what they're doing than focusing on what a weakness is and trying to turn that 
into a strength. And I was running a leadership program yesterday and we we're talking about this exact topic and I referred back to the Pareto principle. And that Pareto, if, you've, if you know a little bit about Pareto, um, an Italian, I think he was an Italian philosopher. I might get that, might got that wrong. I know he's definitely Italian, but this is way, 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 way back in the day. Anyway, what, what he discovered was that in Italy at the time, 80% of the land was actually owned by 20% of the family families in, in Italy, and therefore 20% of the land ended up being owned by 80% of the families in Italy at the time. So he was, uh, he was wondering, therefore, whether that sort of ratio would work out in other things. And over the centuries, the Pareto principle has gained legs, and it's now known as the 80-20 rule. Most, a lot of people actually don't refer it to, it to it as Pareto, the Pareto principle. They more likely resonate with the 80-20 rule. But we were talking about this yesterday, actually, and I said most sales teams, and in fact, the sales teams that I was working with I guarantee if you have a look at your performance over the last year, then around about 80% of the results that the sales team delivered would have come from around 20% of your sales force or your sales team. And when they actually sat down and had a think about that, it was pretty much spot on. There might have been some differences in terms of might have been a 70-30 or a 60-40, but over a period of time, it tends to work out that most of your work will only deliver a small amount of results, and therefore the big results will come from a small amount of effort. So we're talking about this in the context of well, if that was the case, why would we spend our time trying to identify what a weakness was and therefore trying to change that weakness and turn it into a strength? Because it's it's just it's just it takes time. And for some people, you might be actually uh, trying to get them to work in an area that they're not familiar with or they're not passionate about. And so it's sometimes like flogging a dead horse. It's not going to move. So why do we try to do that? So my whole philosophy now is I don't actually talk about weaknesses. And when I'm working with sales teams and particularly their leaders, I'm talking about we need to start to identify uh, our strengths in our team and we need to start managing our team and leading our team through a strengths method. And, And this is not necessarily saying, hey, just ignore all the weaknesses and ignore the blind spots because everybody has things to work on. And I'm not saying don't work on those. What I am saying is don't spend a huge amount of time trying to work on something that potentially is not going to get the return on effort that you are hoping for because it may not ever be a strength. I would much rather see a sales leader in particular look at what are the characteristics that exist within the team, where are the strengths that currently sit in the team, and where are there some potential gaps, and how can I go and find people who have strengths in those areas that I need to fill so I don't have to actually work on improving people's capabilities around trying to plug a gap around a weakness and turn that into a strength, if that makes sense. So it's, it's, it certainly gives you a much, much better return on investment, not to mention the benefits that flow onto that because people are going to be more engaged and they're going to be more productive, which I'll talk about in a second. The other sort of example we used yesterday as well is pro golfers. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a bit, you know that I used to be a golf addict and I've spent, spent a lot of years playing golf, particularly in my sales days. I haven't really played golf a lot in fact, I haven't played golf since 2008, to be brutally honest. So you might be sitting there thinking, well, so much for me, no golf addict. Well, I love watching golf, and the Masters has just uh, just finished and wrapped up. Uh, absolutely love the game of golf. And one day, when I get some time, excuse, uh, I'll probably get out there and, and swing the clubs again. Hopefully, they're still in uh, in pretty good nick. But the reason we were talking about that was if you look at the great golfers and the, and the fantastic golfers, they actually identify where their strengths are. And they don't spend time practicing in areas where there are weakness, weaknesses. They spend more and more time practicing in the areas of their strength because they know that if they can do that, they can develop even better levels of muscle memory and take advantage of those strengths because it minimizes the error rates out on the course, particularly when 
it's it counts in the last in the last couple of holes in the last on the last day of a really big tournament. So the whole message out of today's podcast is to practice on your strengths and identify what those strengths are. Here's another really interesting point. When we ask sales leaders and leaders uh, what their strengths are, it's very hard for them to uh, immediately give me an answer. And when I ask the question about where are the strengths of your team, what are the strengths of your team, the same thing, same difficulty comes to the surface. It's not something that unfortunately a lot of leaders are spending a huge amount of time consciously thinking about, and I think we need to. We need to really start to hone in on identifying what are our strengths, what do we love to do, but also what are the strengths of our team, and how can we start to take advantage of those? Because as a leader, a key element of, of the role is to identify the strengths of our team members and help them to utilize those to their fullest potential. And there's lots and lots of different benefits to be able to do this. Firstly, if you've got somebody playing to their strength, they're going to be having an increase in the level of focus and probably laser focused and engagement in what they're actually doing in that particular moment. They're also going to lead to a high level of productivity and more effectiveness, not to mention the level of well-being because they're going to feel a lot better about themselves doing that particular task in that particular area because they're going to be happier. And I know a lot of organizations now are spending a huge amount of time, money, and effort in trying to create more of a, an environment that starts to underpin well-being and taking well-being as a, a very serious corporate pillar, if you like. And it's, it's a really important thing. And one of the best ways to do that, one of the best ways to foster that environment is to get people to activate their strengths and allow them to play to their strengths, which also leads to a thing called job satisfaction. So if you look at most people, if you ask most people in terms of what their level of satisfaction is with their current role, there's a lot of statistics around this. Um, many people actually say they're not overly satisfied with their role, and if they had the opportunity to move jobs, they probably would take that opportunity. If though, we could actually start to identify the strengths and give people the opportunity to work to their strengths, that will start to increase the level of job satisfaction that those particular people have, not to mention the level of life satisfaction they start to enjoy, which is a lot greater than perhaps they are. And when you think about it, how much time do we spend at work every single day? How much time do we spend with people who we work with versus the ones we actually love and why we go to work for? It's uh, it's a little bit disproportionate. So you've, you've got to try and make it as happy as possible and as satisfying as possible. So give people the opportunity to play to those strengths. It also means that if they're working towards those strengths and focusing on those particular tasks in those areas, it's going to be a lot easier for them to achieve the goals. And when I say easier, it doesn't mean the goals are going to be lower or goals are going to be easier to achieve per se. It's going to be a lot more effective because they're going to do what's required in order to achieve those goals. They're probably going to go further because it means a lot more to them. And when you think about the overall levels of stress that people have, working towards strengths does have the tendency to reduce levels of stress. And we talk about this as well in terms of two types of stress that typically people uh, experience. And you, you, you need to have a level of stress in any sort of high-performing environment. But what you do want to have is eustress, which is positive stress, and avoid as much as you can the distress, which is uh, leading to things like anxiety, fatigue, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, and in some cases, depression. So um, being able to play to your strengths very often will give you the opportunity to reduce your stress levels. Now, there obviously needs to be a balance, and you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's all well and good. I can't just uh, let people just go and do their own thing because they might have strengths in areas that are not related to the particular goal. And look, there has to be a balance here between the strengths of the team member and obviously the needs of the business. So the, the strengths we're talking about needs to be in the context of the business that we're running and the objectives that we have. 
but there's going to be some clues that we can actually start to look for when it comes to identifying strengths in people. And sometimes these may not be visible every single day, and it might take a bit of time to observe over a period of time. And this is one of the other reasons why it's so important for us as sales leaders in particular to spend as much time with our people as possible and continue to be visible to them. So here are some things to think about in terms of some clues that might point to the fact that you've got somebody in your team working in a particular strength zone. First and foremost, they might demonstrate a sense of urgency and a high level of engagement. There's just this level of excitement that sits with them and they just love getting their teeth stuck into this particular task. They might also lose a sense of time or a sense of feeling of time. And I know if you're in the if you're in the zone and sometimes we talk about being in a flow state which comes from a guy called Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. If you lose a sense of time, often that is uh, connected to being in the flow state where you're so engrossed in what you're doing, you just forget everything around you. And I'm sure you've experienced that, whether it be in a task you're doing at work or maybe something you're doing outside of work, like a hobby or a sport. Another clue may be you've got people in your team who are really great at taking on new information and they've just got this voracious appetite to to take on information and to learn really, really quickly. It's almost like they just soak up everything they can possibly get on this particular topic. That is a definite clue that you've got somebody working in their strength zone. Also, what you'll see with people working in their strengths is a repeated pattern of successful performance. They're very, very consistent in what they do and they do things at a really high level. So there's also exemplary levels of performance. They are, as we talk about in this particular podcast, they are exceptional at what they do. They also will have this ability to prioritize uh, tasks or prioritize projects or prioritize things that they're doing that will use the strength that they want to focus on over other tasks. So they become very selective. Now for some, that might be quite difficult because you might, as a sales leader, be asking them to do certain KPIs and certain tasks. And when they're not doing that, it might be very easy to be critical and try to uh, get them to do that versus sitting back and thinking, well, is that task, is that priority really something that should be done? Uh, and if what would be the consequences if it's not? Or even looking at if there's somebody else in the team that could take on that particular task on that KPI where it might be a strength for them to enable the person who is prioritizing another task to focus on that particular strength. Uh, you've also got situations where you'll have people who have this uh, constant desire to want to use that strength as often as possible. So there's this yearning to use the strength as much as they possibly can. And you'll also find that people tend to gravitate to things that they love, and that tends to indicate that there's a strength as well. So they'll be drawn to uh, certain elements of the task or certain elements of the role. And I see this a lot. And great leaders will look for opportunities where this can happen for their for their team. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's all well and good, but how else do I find out what strengths are that my team has? Well, uh, other than observing things, other than getting those clues that we've just talked about, you can actually start having a conversation and start asking questions about what those strengths potentially are for your for your people. And it's questions like, you know, what do you love doing every single day? If you, if you could create your ideal role in this organization, what would you be actually doing? And most people will then lean to some of the things that they would like to do, which tends to indicate that that is going to be a strength of them. And now once you've identified these strengths, this is the other key thing as well, uh, because yes, there's always another level to get to. So once you've identified strengths, we need to be able to help these people develop them even further. And there's a number of ways we can do this. And particularly in sales, this is this is certainly the key because as we know, every single year, the, the targets go up, the expectations go up. So it stands to reason we're going to have to have people in our team who are playing to their strengths as often as possible. So a few things to think about when it comes to playing to strengths and giving people the opportunity to do that. 
Number one, look for opportunities to push the limits, and that is provide them with challenges. Continue to set the bar higher. Continue to get them to set even higher expectations around their own performance. Yes, we have sales targets. Yes, we have revenue targets, but from a person who is playing to their strengths, get them and encourage them and challenge them to set bigger targets for themselves and bigger bigger mountains to climb because that will get the adrenaline running and get their juices flowing to create even better outcomes for themselves and therefore the business. The other thing is to allow them space and create space to allow them to grow. And this is all about education and training. Sometimes this might be formal training, going to formal workshops, doing a formal qualification. Sometimes it might actually be an informal learning situation as well. So that could be listening to podcasts, uh, doing short courses, doing some online courses, but it's all about skill and knowledge acquisition and never being satisfied with where they are at. Uh, the other one you can think about in terms of accentuating strengths and developing these is allocate a mentoring relationship or set up a mentoring relationship. And this might be engage mentors or a mentor for the person who has the strengths to challenge them even further. Or in a lot of cases, give them the opportunity to mentor somebody else because often that will even further enhance the strengths they have and further embed, and it might actually give them the opportunity to further their own education and maybe paying it forward might actually open up another door for the next career move for themselves, and it could actually be a leadership role for them. And the last one is just think about shadowing, job shadowing, and and this is where the employee can develop um, even further from observing more experienced operators or... Have somebody come into your team and shadow your high performer because it might be that they can actually leverage off off that and enhance the performance of of themselves, but also the team that they're going to go back to. So there's lots and lots of ways to continue to develop the strength. So my whole uh, key message out of today's podcast is if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't know what the strengths of my team are, well, you need to actually start finding out. And if you think you know, Let's go and verify that, ask some questions, do a bit more observation, and then give the opportunity to those people to further enhance those strengths. And the last question I want to leave you with is just a question around self-reflection around all this and just think about what are you currently doing right now to develop the strengths of your team, but also think about it for yourself as well. What are you doing right now to also to further develop the strengths of yourself to take you uh, and at least give you the opportunity of moving towards being that exceptional sales leader. So I trust that message helps. Uh, it's a topic that uh, not often a lot of sales leaders for some reason talk about, uh, but it's a topic that no doubt needs to be talked about. And I think more and more we need to focus a lot more of our attention on the strengths and enhancing those strengths and bringing in people who have strengths in areas that we've identified potentially that might be some gaps in the team and in the organization. So uh, with that said, hope you have a phenomenal finish to the week. Uh, again, a quick reminder, if you'd like to have a conversation about potentially working together or if you'd like some help potentially with your sales team, love to have a conversation. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com, follow the instructions and uh, look forward to having a conversation. So thanks once again for plugging into the podcast and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.